The 2022 head coach hiring cycle is now over, and Dennis Allen becomes the new head coach of the New Orleans Saints. And we open up the mailbag on today's Twitter Tuesday. Lots of questions about quarterback movement in the NFL this offseason. Blockbuster trades. Which quarterbacks are going where and when? Coming up right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. All teams have now hired and employed head coaches in the NFL. We'll see if there's any other hiccups in that and maybe somebody gets fired, but it doesn't look that way. I think we know who the head coaches will be for all 32 teams now. Going into the 2022 season, the New Orleans Saints were last. Dennis Allen, the head coach there, we'll talk about that. And, of course, get into all of your Twitter questions on this Twitter Tuesday episode. Matt Williamson and Brian Peacock with you at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. This episode of the Peacock and Williamson NFL show is brought to you by GetUpside. Download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get $0.25 per gallon or more cash back on your first tank of gas. All right, so the coaching hires have been done, Matt. We have got now Dennis Allen for the New Orleans Saints joining Doug Peterson of the Jacksonville Jaguars, Lovey Smith of the Houston Texans, Matt Eberflus of the Chicago Bears, the New York Giants hiring out of the Buffalo Bills organization, both GM and head coach Brian Dable. Josh McDaniels going to Las Vegas. That's one we haven't really spent much time on. Um, The Denver Broncos hiring Nathaniel Hackett as their next head coach. Miami Dolphins going with Mike McDaniel, the youngest of this group at 30. No, the second youngest of this group of this group at 38 years old. And it can't be official yet until after the Super Bowl. But the Minnesota Vikings hiring 37 year old Kevin O'Connell to be their next head coach from the Los Angeles Rams. So what do we think about Dennis Allen? The last hire here, just going with kind of like the Houston Texans, just going with the the guy who was the defensive coordinator already in-house, elevating him to head coach of the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, I'll get that one second because there's one Texans note I just want to throw out here while it's on top of my mind. And I forget where I heard this, but Texan fans, pay attention to the future of Josh McCown. I mean, that that organization seems to adore him. And they're not the only ones. A lot of people really talk him up as just a really – strong leader, smart mind, former quarterback. We've seen a lot of like backup journeyman quarterback do well in the league as coaches, but he doesn't have any coaching experience. So if he can kind of wait in the wings for Lovey for a year or two, maybe there's a plan in place there that's a little more exciting, big picture. Yeah, it, um, it feels like maybe that's the direction the Houston Texans are going because it, 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 it seemed weird to just elevate your defensive right. coordinator. So basically you just lost David Coley as a coach and you didn't – you know, you you didn't you just subtracted. You didn't add to your organization unless you think it's addition by subtraction. But if you replace Coley with Josh McCown in some you know passing game coordinator, quarterbacks coach, offensive coordinator, whatever it is, assistant head coach role, and then maybe he's your future head coach in a few years. But he needs some experience as a coach, mm-hmm. which he should. I I just do not think you should. Can't, I mean, that just looks bad as a hire. You just let him roll in. He coached high school a little bit, and you let him roll in as a head coach in the NFL. I mean, that's probably not the smartest way to do it and I don't think he's going to get a head coaching job and obviously there's none left to get this year so um, if they can hire him there and maybe you're replacing Coley with 
someone who future in the future could be a head coach in the NFL, and Josh McCown, who you really like, and you want him to take control of the offense, and Lovey's got the defense, maybe it starts to make more sense for the Texans. But otherwise, yeah. it still seemed yeah. like a really strange process. Yeah, otherwise it was a, an odd plan and not real exciting. But Lovey's been around, and he's won some games. Um, Saints. My hunch, you know, my initial reaction was Allen has done a tremendous job with the defense. I mean, not a pretty good job, a tremendous job with the defense. And yeah, they have good players, but I thought that was one of the best defenses in the league. It was routinely put in difficult situations. You know, the offense couldn't possess the ball, didn't have any explosion on offense, lacking it in the passing game totally. So that was a, a tough spot for that Saints defense. And they routinely rose up. So I think the logic of bumping up Allen is let's just keep a strength of strength on defense. We're, we know we're not going to be a high-flying team. This is a transition time for New Orleans. We need to play 13 to 10 games. And, you know, Allen might be able to keep us in stuff, you know. Right, and I, I I think Allen was a pretty hot name in this hiring cycle. I think Brian Dable was the number one coach for me, depending on – the spot and now that i look at where he landed with the giants i i mean maybe you fix maybe you fix daniel jones but i man i, I would have thought i, I would have liked some of these hires but with different teams too like i thought maybe um dennis allen in another situation would have been i mean dennis allen's a fine hire for the saints as well and, and a lot of people were really in allen's corner because he's someone who's had the experience of being head coach and and it didn't work out in his first stop as head coach with the raiders but um you know well-respected guy and deserving of another shot so i think you know new orleans ended up with a pretty good hire and, and is at least as exciting as any of these other hires in a, in a hiring cycle where there was you know the harbaugh didn't land anywhere there were reports that he asked the raiders for nine million dollars per year they ended up going with josh McT Daniels there in Las Vegas. Josh McDaniel's still only 46 years old, by the way. It feels like he's been yeah, it's crazy, around forever. Um, but I think Dennis Allen, you know, it feels like settling on your own guy in-house, but I feel like it's a pretty darn good hire compared to the rest of this group of, of head coaches that were named in this uh, in this hiring cycle. So I, I don't think it's a bad job at all by, by the Saints. And if De Dennis Allen got any of the other head coaching jobs from the other teams, I would have said, yeah, pretty good hire. That's That's not a bad hire there. Yeah, right. I mean, really strong defensive track record. You know, I mean, so I, I don't have a ton more to add to it. Uh, what's your take overall of the coaching cycle? To me, it's not super sexy, but not at all. Uh, it, it, that doesn't mean that these guys are bad coaches or they're not going to make a dent. My hunch is a couple of them will, a couple won't. That's no different than any other year. I'm not really going out on a limb here. Someone that we didn't really expect to be a great hire will step up and, you know, do something well. Uh, the Miami situation is the most interesting to me. I think the Giants one's probably right behind, too. But overall, I mean, again, it's not like, woo, they got that guy. They're set forever, you know. What do you think it was about the Las Vegas job that suddenly, like, I thought Josh McDaniels was going to hang out in New England and wait for Bill Belichick to yeah. retire, right, at this point, because it had been so long and he'd been attached to some names and, and it seemed like either the, the league had cooled on him as a head coach or he had cooled on trying to go get a head coaching job, then all of a sudden Las Vegas Raiders pop up and hire Josh McDaniels out of nowhere. That one surprised me a little bit, and we haven't talked much about it. What was your thoughts with McDaniels going to Las Vegas? My initial thoughts were, and this is goes back to, you know, for years now, and you know, Gruden's a good example that that this is an organization that's very comfortable 
now that Al's out of the way, to be honest with you, <laughs> just handing the keys to the whole organization to one guy, one head coach, which is rarer and rarer in the league anymore. You keep hearing these collaborate efforts and things like that, or, you know, a mutual responsibility between GM and head coach. And sometimes there's even a triangle of guys making decisions, but I think it's ex- exciting for Josh because, Hey, this is all you take it away. And I bet they paid well, <laughs> you know I mean? They paid Gruden really well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's probably not a, a bad way to look at it there. And, and look, it's not my $9 million per year. Well, like, Jim Harbaugh wanted, but I'm sure he mm-hmm. got paid pretty well there. And we'll see what some of these contracts look like for some of these coaches. And it's interesting because we talk about it being somewhat of a, an oddball class of head coaches and sort of lackluster. And there was no, you know, big slam dunk, huge hires where it's like, oh my God, you know, they landed the big fish here for this organization. It's going to turn them around instantly. And maybe some of these right. end up happening that way. But we didn't think that about Zach Taylor. And he's in the Super Bowl right now coaching his team, right? So a lot depends on what gets built around them. They get the right quarterback situation. These are all smart, good coaches. So that could become any of these guys, I guess. Yeah, even like LaFleur going from the the Titans to Green Bay Mm -hmm. because, you know, Smith was always the guy getting a lot of credit in Tennessee at that time. And LaFleur wasn't a household name, but he knew the Shanahan's and McVeigh's, so he was on the radar and goes up there and makes a good team even better. You know, I mean, so um, I, I often bring it back to the Steelers, as everyone knows. But, like, when the Steelers hired Tomlin, nobody really knew who he was. When the Ravens hired Harbaugh, he wasn't a household name. You know, some of these guys are better head coaches than um, what their resume might suggest to this point. And then you have Denver with Nathaniel Hackett, and you think, okay, you go from a defensive coach to a younger, offensive-minded head coach, and then all of a sudden mm-hmm. they trade for Aaron Rodgers, and you think, oh, it's a pretty darn good hire there for Denver, and all of a sudden they're in the playoffs, right, and winning a whole bunch of football games. Yeah, oh, yeah, right. I mean, he's very different than the former guy, kind of as you mentioned, you know, younger, offensive side of the ball. And the Rodgers thing has to at least be on the table. I mean, it, I know one-on-one doesn't always equal two in the NFL, but this seems – not a foregone conclusion, but on the table of Rodgers becoming a Broncos. It's feeling like if there is a trade, it is very much the most likely trade scenario for Rodgers to not play for the Packers next year would be right. the Denver Broncos. Uh, there's another name that's... Getting... I thought he was going to be a Bronco last year. <laughs> I, I, yeah, absolutely, yeah. And, and I absolutely would not be shocked. And maybe at this point, it's, it's almost tipping a, across the 50% mark where I would be more surprised if he's playing for the Packers versus if he's playing for Denver or even retired. It's funny because Ryan and I, we've been going through two teams per episode from a dynasty perspective. And we were talking about green Bay and he mentioned, and I didn't realize this, but Vegas odds for the Broncos week one starter, the shortest odds are Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he (laughs) right now, wow. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Says a lot, but I mean, you don't think it's going to be Bridgewater. Which rookie could it be? It's not going to be Locke. So, I mean, Rodgers isn't a slam dunk, of course, but he's the one you make the least money on if you bet on. A couple more notes on that with some quarterback movement. We've got some questions about that in the mailbag, some questions as it pertains to the direction and how these coaching hires are going to change some teams around the league as well. Let's get into this Twitter Tuesday next. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march toward the big game. Bet Online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, news, 
not only football either. It's not always about, I know for a lot of our listeners, it's about football all the time. But BetOnline has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, live real-time updates of current games as well, and casino games. You, know, you want to play a little poker and blackjack while you're waiting to find out if you made some cash on one of the games going on? Well, you can do all of that at Bet Online. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new and amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet Online, where the game starts. Have you tried the GetUpside app yet? If you haven't, you're missing out because GetUpside is an incredible app everybody who buys gas needs to know about. Get free cash back for gassing up like you already normally are. Every time you fill up, you can get cash back for every gallon with the GetUpside app. And use promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 per gallon or more on your first fill up cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Some people drive a lot or making as much as two, three hundred dollars a year in cash back, and there is no catch. The cash goes right into your GetUpside account. You can cash out anytime you want to your bank account, PayPal, an e-gift card, an Amazon card. So go to your app store, Google Play, right now. Get the free GetUpside app. Use promo code Touchdown to get twenty-five cents per gallon or more cash back on your first tank. That's promo code Touchdown with the GetUpside app. All right, Matt. On the note of betting odds for what quarterbacks are going to land in other cities. Rodgers in Denver, Russ Wilson in Washington, and Jimmy Garoppolo in both Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay are really darn good odds for quarterbacks that aren't currently on those rosters. It's a little bit surprising, and even higher odds than those quarterbacks who are on the rosters. For example, Jimmy G has better odds uh, than than Kyle Trask, who they just drafted, who's on the roster. They drafted him pretty <laughs> yeah, high. Better yeah, odds yeah, to be the right, starter right. in week one than the guy, Trask, who's on the roster. Similar things happening with the odds in Denver and Washington. And one of those hot names, one of the things I've been seeing a lot especially in the last 24 hours, is Russell Wilson and Washington. Do you feel like that's a good fit? Do you feel like there's a heat there for a reason? Yes, I do think that's a good fit. I feel like that organization could use a face of the organization. You know, they, they've really trended public perception in a really positive manner since Rivera was hired. I mean, all the things circulating around not even the name of the team as much as the behind the scenes stuff and Snyder and just did not seem like a good culture organization. And to Rivera's credit, I think he's really helped that dramatically. Uh, they're not taking chances on, you know, poor character players. And now I think they need one more piece to really be respectable. And I mean, if it doesn't cost an, arm and a leg if it's you know a first round pick this year and maybe another future first or more but you know it doesn't totally wipe out your ability to add you know components to the team i would think what the commanders i think that's the first time i've said that on this podcast (laughs) would be the second best team in that division with wilson don't you think i mean they'd probably go past the eagles oh yeah oh absolutely they they would be competing for a title their defense should take another step and and be even better next year they can add a couple more pieces there even if they don't have a first round pick if they send it to seattle that's a slam chase young comes back in my opinion and and i think for more reasons than just football too you're right new right new name this franchise is trying to turn the page on some dark times and some some real ugliness and 
and look, aside from changing ownership, which I think most people would be pretty cool with, uh, including <laughs> including right, those right. fans in Washington, um, and definitely I would be. But you know, a, a pretty a squeaky clean sort of, even if he's almost creepily, you know, a weirdly squeaky clean guy in Russell Wilson. I think that's a perfect fit. A really good player. You've got a new team. Go in a new direction. Get Make this big splash and try to get, you know, people's minds off of what's gone, gone on in the past. And you got a new team, new name. Go make the playoffs and, and create headlines that are positive for your franchise. Yeah, right. And he seems like the perfect guy to do that and make you better on the field as well as, you know, making you a little more respectable as an organization. And I do think they've come a long way considering where they were three, four, five years ago. No doubt. Um, Here's another story that's happened in the last 24 hours. Did you see this one with, and Johnny says, what's up with Kyler Murray? Is he on the move? Did you see this? Kyler Murray scrubbed all of his Cardinals mentions and all of his Cardinals photos from social media. I'm not of... I mean, look, uh, I have an Instagram. Stop, I'm on Twitter stop following a lot, the Cardinals but, on Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like maybe you should ask your son, Matt. Uh, what does this actually mean? Is this is this such a diss that you can't come back from it? You know, um, what are the kids? I'm not feel? cool enough to know. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't like because this has happened multiple times per season with some player who's upset and and does this. And I think maybe Odell was one of the originals and he ended up getting traded. Yeah, yeah. So who knows? Maybe there's something to it. Maybe there's not. Is this like if you do the, the Instagram diss? and take all your photos of your team off? Can you come back from that? Like, uh, I, I don't know, but something's going on there with the Cardinals and Kyler Murray. And since that happened, since that story broke, I've heard nobody wants to really put their name on anything, but I've heard some whispers and some things around from different people that are like, yeah, maybe the organization is not super fond of, of his personality in some ways, and, and maybe mm. the locker room, he's not fully in command there like you would want your quarterback to be going into what his fourth year now uh in the nfl and so maybe there is i mean i would have thought a few weeks ago one of the least likely players in the league to get traded but who knows maybe there's something to it and they could get a lot like whatever russ is going to get add another first rounder that's what it would take three ones at least probably to get someone uh as young and talented as kyler murray do you think this has any legs or do you think this is something stupid that happens in the offseason and then he comes back and plays like uh like we usually see with other quarterbacks including what we saw last year with aaron Rodgers and russell wilson well, to your point, I mean, I'm on Facebook like every old man, and I'm on Twitter, and most people, <laughs> you know, listen, follow me, and I'm sort of active and sort of not. I've been asked many times, why aren't you on Instagram? Because I don't understand it, and I don't care, and I don't want to, and I'm old, and that's such as life. So you're, you're, I will run this by Your myself. selfie game isn't strong. <laughs> right, yeah. and I'm not on TikTok, and I don't <laughs> dance, and, you know. So I, I, I will run this by my 15-year-old. He'll be on top of it. Is that the the diss of all disses? Uh, they even say diss anywhere? Uh, what do I know? I mean, <laughs> that's true. yeah, but, that's a very nineties yeah, I mean, term. We said that in high school. I don't know. We probably don't say that anymore. Um, but just hearing it, I kind of thought immediately. Well, it seems like every off season, three, four, five star quarterbacks or you know clear starters start to express some displeasure nowadays. You know. Two years ago, we didn't see us coming with Russell Wilson or even maybe a year ago or Rodgers or is that just what people do now? I mean, if you're a stud quarterback and things aren't going Mahomesian in Kansas City or Allen-ish in Buffalo, do you start to question the organization and do you have a little more power than you did certainly in the 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, you know, that these athletes can speak up and 
get something done in the organization that they want or potentially get out or make some noise. And that organization's always been a little, well, that's not the right way of saying it. The Cardinals of late on the field have been a little hard to trust. It's like they're missing a little something. And I'm not sold that Kingsbury's a great coach all of a sudden either. And, you know, they're not real diverse with their schemes. Can't quite get over the hump. You can see where some frustration starting to build. It's funny because Kingsbury was the guy that brought him in. If it wasn't for the Kingsbury hire, I don't know if they would have moved on from Josh Rosen so quickly. And probably not, he might right? not have been the number one pick in the draft. Maybe Bosa is over there in Arizona and Kyler Murray's on a different team right now. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a strange situation. I'd give you a lot for Kyler, though. Oh, I mean, he would command a ton <laughs> in trade. And, right. but, I mean, so, and, but it doesn't make any sense from the Cardinals' perspective in that Steve Keim, I don't know how he survived the last coach quarterback change. Like He's got pictures of owner uh, ownership somewhere. He's got some, some photos of the Bidwells because I don't know how he kept his job last time. And, and Steve Keim, certainly, I, I don't see how it would be even remotely possible he could survive another coach quarterback change, which is, I think, the biggest reason why I knew they weren't going to move on from Cliff Kingsbury because that means – the guy making the decisions would also have to move on. So he's got to ride it out with this group, I think. So uh, I don't see anything happening here, but just an interesting story to note here as we yeah, start no this worries. 2022 no offseason. Yep, at least we got to pay attention a little bit. A little bit of smoke. Well, I don't know if there's any fire, but a little bit of smoke. <laughs> right. All right, exactly. I want to go to a question from Robbie. This is a good one. He says, with Mike McDaniel now the head coach in Miami, can we expect to see Waddle used in similar ways to Debo? That speed out of the backfield would be a real weapon. I think the short answer is no because he'd get killed. I mean, I'm not sure, I'm not making fun of this Twitter uh, user, follower at all, but Debo is used as a running back. I mean, not as a, you know, here and there jet sweep guy. I mean, they hand him the ball sometimes behind a fullback and run traditional runs with the guy. I think Waddle would die if he was asked to do that. I mean, he's just too small. Um, he just doesn't have the the body armor to handle that. That being said, I bet his carries go up, but yes. they're probably jet sweeps and things like that. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. And he might be in the backfield, okay. move him around, show, yeah, give yeah. the defense something the to think about, some show me stuff. And maybe he does get handed the ball as a as a tailback because I think that's one of the big um, one of the big keys to someone like Debo. I and mean, first of all, Debo's built like a running back. He's 220 pounds. He's, right, if right. he was a running back, he'd be the heaviest running back on the 49ers. So you have to be built like Debo, who's a special guy. So I think every team is going to be looking for a Debo. There's not that many Debos around. So that's one key why the answer to this is no. But a little bit yes in that I think every team in the NFL is also going to start handing the ball a little bit more, get more creative with one of their receivers and figure out which guy is the most Debo-like or the best with the ball in their hands and say, well, it's dumb of us not to try to get the guy, the ball in this guy's hands. And it's e- the easiest way to do that is to hand it off to him. And you can really mess with the defense with, you know, you go out there in three wide receivers, 31 personnel, and then all of a sudden it turns into, or you, you go out there in 11 personnel, and all of a sudden it turns into 21 personnel because right. you motion your wide receiver to the backfield and your halfback becomes a lead blocker for him on a play. That doesn't mean you have to run him up the middle 10 times per game, but you can show that look. You don't even have to run it if you don't want to. You can go play action on that. Just some window dressing, and I wouldn't be shocked to see more carries, as you said, go up for Waddle, but Debo usage, no. Right, and you said a lot of what I was going to say here, too, in that we all know it's more efficient to throw the ball than to run the ball in the NFL as a blanket statement. But running the ball against light personnel is highly, highly efficient, you know, in any way you can do it. 
somebody that has more time on their hands than me, I would hopefully, I would love them to go start in 2020. How many wide receiver carries were there in the NFL in the 2020 season? How many were there in 2021? I bet it went up 10 or 15%. I bet next year it goes up another 25%. Yep. Absolutely. If there was a line yeah. on that in Vegas, I would be all over the, the, the over with all with my entire mortgage. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right. It's Absolutely. not going down. From JDS on Twitter, he says, with uh, Reed, Lovey Smith on the field, wouldn't his cover two play better today as opposed to 2015 in stopping the deep passing game of Mahomes, Allen, etc.? Uh, part of me says yes, just with the too deep stuff. I think a lot of teams are trying to play too deep, but not necessarily old school cover two. What we're seeing a lot more of is, is a cover four style of defense where um, you know, you, you're able to play with you're, – you're playing against a lot of teams that are – in three wide receivers, so you're kind of nickel is the new base situation, and you're trying to protect against the deep ball, but you're also trying to come downhill and rally to stop the running game with a lighter box at the same time. So yes and no. Two deep safeties, yes. Old school cover two, no. 100% agree. You know, I mean, Lovey is from the uh, Derek Brooks, Box, Erlacher, Bears genre, you know, of a lot of cover two. Mm -hmm. Slash Tampa two, where you take a linebacker and put him down the deep pipe as well. Um, and that's fine. I mean, two high coverages are here to stay. They're also not new. I always got a kick out of, boy, Kansas City can't help recover two. Well, I, I think they've faced it before this yeah, year. I think, you know? I think Andy Reid has drawn a play or two against cover two. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say is the Andy Reeds of the world. The problem with Lovey is when you've Derek Brooken or Ur- Erlacher. Sap and Simeon Rice and et cetera, Tillman, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Just like the Seattle cover three, it's fine when your Jimmies and Joes are better than the opponents to be very execution based. You know, we're going to run a lot of the same coverages out of the same looks because our guys are great at it and they're great football players. Well, the Texans are a far cry from that at this point. And I just think predictable coverages are death in the NFL now you know there's so many cover two beaters that everyone in the world knows and if they know what coverages you're into it, you're just too easy to play against unless you're pro bowlers left and right um and they aren't all right we got some more questions about potential trades quarterback movement uh there's some draft questions there's free agent questions a little bit of everything in the mailbag today we'll get into some those. might carry over to tomorrow and, too i yeah. don't think we have any huge plans for tomorrow yeah yeah if you uh if you have some some good questions we will always filter those in when we can and of course we got to start previewing this super bowl 56 matchup as well later on this week but let's finish up today's mailbag next the ever increasing numbers of makes and models it's pretty much impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need for your specific vehicle. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning, you know, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? You have computers at your fingertips that can access rockauto.com at home or even in your pocket. So save time and money using Rock Auto. Don't spend that extra 30, 50, even 100% more on chain store parts or at the car dealership when you can get it at rockauto.com for example for that honda odyssey i mentioned earlier fuel pump at a chain store you're looking at 350 bucks you can get it for 216 dollars the same part at rockauto.com so go to rockauto.com right now see all the parts available for your car or truck 
You can write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Katie has a question here that we kind of already answered about crazy trades going on. She says, uh, we saw the Lions and Rams trade last year. Any crazy trades that could go down this year? And we've answered that, and we've talked about some of the folks that could be on the move. But what this question reminded me of just now is the timing of that Stafford trade last year. That was announced at the very end of January. That was oh, like yeah. January was a Ram 31st a or something. And yep. it couldn't be official until the new league year starts, March whatever march 15th or so is usually when the new league year starts yeah, i'm not sure what exactly maybe 16th or, or middle s- march yeah um this year so any trade that gets announced can't be official yet anyway but it could happen today like during this i mean in fact i want to check twitter right now just in case because uh, sometimes news breaks while we're on the air and we don't get to talk about her or like five minutes after we're done recording at 9 a.m pacific noon eastern you'll we'll have some big trade happen any of these trades we've talked about, any of these big-name quarterbacks, that could be announced today. Those teams could absolutely come to an agreement, even though it can't be official yet. So the watch is on with any of these big things, and especially with quarterbacks we know are available, like the Garoppolo's of the world. Um, and you know maybe Rodgers can't get traded yet because he hasn't made his decision. But for the Packers, they could be making those moves right now, and you have to put your plan into place. So... The sooner the better you start making some of these decisions for some of these teams because they got to figure this stuff out way before the draft. It's hard to trade somebody on draft day because you've already gone through free agency and you've already gone through a process of really um, it's, it's almost too late to change course for a lot of teams at that point unless they were really prepared for a late breaking trade to happen because most plans are being formulated already in most front offices around the league. Really well said. And a quarter of the league changed their head coach and just got finished yesterday about that also changed their top talent evaluator slash GM, you know, so all these people are going to walk into these new buildings, a quarter of the league and say, I don't like that guy. We need, what have they been thinking with this dude? He needs to go. We need, boy, they, they've been playing this guy at tackle. He's a guard, you know I mean? So they're all going to have new ideas with what they're inheriting frankly free agency's right around the corner and you better know have some kind of plan when free agency opens especially a quarterback or are the giants shipping saquon barkley out you know okay we picked up an extra second round pick and but we now need to find some kind of running back in the mid rounds or you know i mean you got to build mm-hmm. your offseason plans and of course these teams are very fluid and change on the fly like i thought i had russell wilson landed and oh he went to carolina or washington and we thought we had him what's plan b but also, to your point about things happening this time of year, everyone in the league was just in Mobile. You know, I mean, agents and coaches yeah. and cap guys, are, they're doing more than watching practice down there. I love the story last uh, March when the 49ers made the trade up to number three because nobody really saw it coming. And uh, that was announced while the pro day for Zach Wilson was happening. Oh, and yeah. John Lynch knew the trade was going down, and then he saw the reports start to file in, and he was on his phone at practice, and he started to look around at the other coaches and GMs that were also at that uh, at that that workout for Zach Wilson. And everyone kind of started looking funny over at John Lynch, and John and Kyle Shanahan said, uh, "You know what? Let's get out of here." And they left it early because they saw that the the news was breaking, and everyone started looking around at him and like, "I don't want to talk about this with these guys right now." And so they bailed out on it because they knew that he was going number two, and he wasn't going to be the guy they were going to draft anyway. I thought that was yeah, a funny. Story. He wasn't their target anyway. Yeah. You know, right? And it's like that is funny. It just it goes. It's kind of been a theme of this podcast going back to 
you know, uh, the social media stuff. I mean, the world's just so small now that it's hard to keep any of these secrets or, you know, they're linked to this player. I mean, it only takes one guy to blab and the whole world knows it. Yep. And then, you know, when times, you know, when things hit the, the, the general market or heck, when Schefter gets a hold of it, the whole world knows it. Right. You know? And so, agents can't wait to tell Schefter, right? If it benefits right, right, them right. at all, like they want that information out there. So, yeah, get if you want to be an NFL insider, you want to be the next Schefter, make friends with agents because that, oh, yeah. that That's information will flow. Very high percentage of where the, the info comes from. Absolutely. Um, you should never forget that whenever you're reading reports. On, on the subject, Jeff says, out of all the quarterbacks that might be traded, what chronological order do you think it happens in? And, and I kind of talked about that just now, but Jimmy Garoppolo is the most obviously available. He could go today, mm-hmm. but if right. you're Washington, you're probably trying to make sure you can't get Russell Wilson first. And if you're Denver, you're trying to make sure you can't get Aaron Rodgers first before you go to Jimmy. But you don't want to lose Jimmy and then find out you can't trade for Rodgers or Wilson and then you're back with Teddy Bridgewater again, right? So um, yeah. th- there, it's, there is some pressure to the timing of this thing. And if some team says, well, I'm not going to wait on Rodgers, I'm going to send whatever I need to send today to the 49ers to get Jimmy Garoppolo. And if you do that and say you're Tampa, well, now Washington and Carolina and Denver are going to be really up against it and have to offer more or potentially not you know, find a veteran at all. Uh, so there's, uh, there, there is some very interesting gamesmanship as far as timing because some guys aren't available today but could be. But do you wait because then you lose out on the guy who actually is available today? Yeah, exactly. I, I don't have much more to add than that. I mean, I'm sure Jimmy probably isn't many of the teams' plan A. I mean, at least your plan A is going to be, I'm going to make a call to the Packers or Seattle. If that's out of my price range... Jimmy becomes plan A and then you, that, you know, you know, that one's going to happen, but it's going to happen, you know? So, I mean, he, it's not going to be just one team after Jimmy. Right. I tend to think that there won't be a massive bidding war for Rogers or Wilson that he'll approve a trade to Washington, right. Denver, whatever. Or they, they'll pick, they say, I picked Denver. They'll work it out. So that's the yeah. only team yeah, they're yeah, going to yeah. talk to. Right. And, and yeah. that will probably be known we'll long before we actually know. And again, the right. agent and the whole league might know that already. Like, yeah, exactly. They might have already called and be like, "Yeah, Rogers ain't going there." Yeah, Rogers. Or you is call the be a Bronco. Like you call the Packers and you say, "Can or can we talk to Rogers' agent?" Right. And mm-hmm. that so you you get you facilitate the trade that way through Rogers, the agent, figure out contract stuff, and then you're like, "Okay, but you can't talk to the Packers unless you're willing to come with." you know, two first and a third or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. So everyone just kind of knows what the what the score is. Yeah. I mean, the true insiders, no offense to Schefter, he knows way more than I do about stuff like that. But, I mean, the insiders that are really on the inside, that, that go to work at a NFL team every day, a lot of those guys probably already know, oh, yeah, Rodgers isn't going back to Green Bay. Or I don't know what Wilson's talking about. He's going to be a Seahawk, you know. I mean, the, the, I think they know who's truly available and who isn't. I've seen this a lot recently on Twitter. Anthony says, hey, guys, I read something suggesting that instead of the Pro Bowl, have the two bottom teams play that weekend and whichever team wins gets the number one pick. What, what are your thoughts on this idea? First of all, it never in a million years would ever happen, but 
right. do you like that idea for deciding the first first of all the pro bowl i can't believe they still play the game go have the skills competition but don't even try to do any sham of a game at all with these players who just finished the season it's, it's ridiculous at this point that they're out there trying to play a game you know i love the idea of them playing some dodgeball or whatever or trying to um, do like sort of the dunk contest but with like spectacular catches uh, that's you know that's all fun and and, and whatever mm-hmm. have them, you know send everybody to hawaii but give them a pro bowl honor but to actually still try to have the pro bowl game i cannot believe they're still trying to do it it's so bad i mean i haven't watched the pro bowl in 15 20 years but i walked into my living room and it just happened to be on the tv nobody was in there watching whatever whatever channel was left on it was there and i watched like four or five plays it's i'm pretty sure i couldn't even watch that much it's two hands it's two touch right? <laughs> I was like, "What happened there?" Yeah. You know, it's pretty yeah. unbelievable. It is, yeah. So bad. And I only, I only know that because of again, I, I haven't tried to watch at least in a decade, and in, in probably longer. Try to watch the Pro Bowl because it's it's just absurd. Um, but it I is. just it's you know absurd. seeing seeing highlights on Twitter is like, oh, they're doing two hand touch. Okay, that's interesting. I guess that's better than trying to make these guys tackle each other, but it's still kind of silly and, and I don't know. And it was unbelievably awkward. Like there was right. an interception, and everyone kind of stopped. Like. Should we tackle him or should we block hard or what do we do? It's, like, they don't know how to do that. No. You know, I, I, I mean, don't even put pads on and no. go out on the field. Don't I do mean, it. Don't do it. It's terrible. Um, as for this idea, sorry, but it's a terrible idea because, first of all, all the free agents aren't going to play. You know, the free agents to be, you know, for the first overall pick, they don't care about if the team that they just got their contract just ended with gets a first overall pick or not. You know, like the, the players don't care at all. The players just flat out do not care about the, right, the draft. Right, right. And like, you know, if anything, that's competition for them. They would rather have that's a lower pick. Like, think if it was last year, you think Minshew really wants the Jags to draft Lawrence for right. the betterment of the team? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know? How about this? If if this and obviously never happened. The fans are the ones that care about the draft. So how about the fans play the game? The coach from the team coaches a group of 22 <laughs> fans against the other team's 22 fans, and they play for the right for the number one pick. How about that? What do you think of this, though? I mean, this is actually kind of a serious conversation. Is If the top, if there was a lottery at the top, lottery. You, you know, I think that would you know, be a little harder on the tankers. You know, like if you're... If you win four or fewer games or whoever's in the top five, you throw a bunch of ping pong balls in to see how it ends up. Yeah, uh, just similar to the NBA. You have playoff teams, you have non-playoff teams. You make the playoffs, you're seeded as you end the season in the playoff run. Mm -hmm. If you are a non-playoff team, you go into the lottery and it's weighted to the teams that have the most losses, but it's not just automatic that if you tank, you're going to have the number one pick in the draft. I think the lottery would be the only logical way to change the system versus what it is right now. If you're like the eight seed in the AFC and you don't get in, you get one ping pong ball. You know, if you're the nine seed, you get two, you know, however that works. All right. Uh, there's two more questions I want to get to related to young quarterbacks. Let's save them for tomorrow, depending okay. on what we have going on the rest of the week. We're going to have some guests here as well um, and start previewing the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 56 Rams and Bengals, which should be a good one. I'm getting more and more pumped now that I'm thinking about the game and some of the matchups here. So we'll go through uh, the, our favorite props this week for Super Bowl 56. We will obviously talk a lot about the game, make our picks versus the spread, um, you know, offense of the Rams versus defense of the Bengals and the vice versa so it's going to be a lot of fun talking about Super Bowl 56 but we have some some time tomorrow to kind of spread our wings a little bit and talk about anything else so if you want to talk draft we're going to hit a couple more of these uh, questions 
about second-year quarterbacks and, and third-year quarterbacks. Actually, I see another question about Jordan Love here. Um, we'll talk about some of those things tomorrow as well, including some guests from the network. Thanks for making us your first listen every day here on Peacock and Williamson for your second listen. Check out Matt doing Locked On Dynasty Football. If you're a 49ers fan, you probably already are listening to Locked On 49ers that I co-host daily here on the network. But no matter what team you are a fan of, no matter the sport We've got your team covered here on the network. Matt and I back tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.